Hi everybody, welcome to the second session of the podcast titled Are International Students Just Considered as a Commodity in Australia? Firstly, COVID cases are increasing in NSW, therefore better be safe than sorry. Wear your mask and move on. Okay, so in the first podcast, I gave a brief understanding on how international students have a progressive mindset behind the decision of studying or moving overseas and about Australia being hugely benefited by the internationalization of education. Things went a bit haywire after pandemic hit. Before I start, I would like to give a quick disclaimer. The content in this podcast is subjective and if you have your personal opinion or comments, please feel free to comment on the description box down below. If any content is referred to any journal articles or news, then it will be listed as a primary source in the description box down below. So let's begin. Australia was impacted by the Nobel coronavirus on March 2019 and it's still ongoing. The lockdown and border restrictions started impacting tourism and internationalization of education, which are the major revenue generating sectors in the country amongst others. Tourism going downhill has impacted cafes, restaurants, hotels, even more so in the beginning where many, actually majority of the international students, were working as a full-timer, part-timer or casual staff. During the chaos the country was going through, first priority was obviously to look after its people who are the citizens and permanent residents. In the process of looking after its people, international students were excluded. Well, yes, we were excluded in regard to providing relief fund directly by the government. But all international students were given access to withdraw their super funds. Now, do all international students living or working in Australia have super? Hmm. And what if they don't? Well, I don't have the answer to that. But let's move on. There were hundreds and thousands of international working students, international students working, who were laid off. Hi guys, welcome to the second session of the podcast titled Are International Students Just Considered as a Commodity in Australia? Firstly, COVID cases are increasing in NSW, therefore better be safe than sorry. Wear your mask and move on. Okay, so in the first podcast, I gave a brief understanding on how international students have a progressive mindset behind the decision of studying or moving overseas and about Australia being hugely benefited by the internationalization of education. 
things went a bit haywire after pandemic hit. Before I start, I'd like to give a quick disclaimer. The content in this video, actually podcast, is subjective and if you have your personal opinion or comment, please feel free to comment in the description box down below. If any content is referred to any journal articles or news, then it will be listed as a primary source in the description box down below. So let's begin. Australia was impacted by the novel coronavirus in March 2019 and it's still ongoing. The lockdown and border restrictions started impacting tourism and education, which are the major revenue generating sectors in the country, amongst others. Tourism going downhill has impacted cafes, restaurants, hotels, even more so in the beginning where many, actually majority of the international students were working as a full-timer, part-timer or casual staff. During the chaos the country was going through, first priority was obviously to look after its people who are the citizens and permanent residents. In the process of looking after its people, international students were excluded. Well, yes, we were excluded in regard to providing a relief fund directly by the government. But all international students were given access to withdraw their super funds. Now, do all international students living or working in Australia have super? Hmm. And what if they don't? There were hundreds and thousands of students who were laid off. International students were told to go back home if they were unable to support their stay in Australia, but flights were closed and students had to wait for a repatriation flight, which again wasn't easy. Families on visa who were living off their earnings had to use all their savings. There were a lot of international students feeding themselves by queuing up outside the local charity. As I mentioned on my first podcast, more than half the total percentage of international students come from middle class families. And now they were in a condition where they had to ask for support remittance from their families itself. And there are many more conditions and situations like these which we probably aren't even aware of. Australia make approximately 40 billion from international students. And in return, international students weren't hugely favoured during the period of crisis. Furthermore, Prime Minister of Australia, Mr. Scott Morrison, had said students come to Australia proving their funds and claiming to be able to afford their living in Australia. And if they can't, they should go back to their home country. In a way, it makes sense and is true, but a bit unfair. I have few real examples of my, of my two friends. 
one of my friends had gone to her home country to attend her sister's wedding ceremony and she's stuck there and it's been over a year. There's no possibility for her to come back until and unless the international travel resumes back to normal. Another case. My other friend is stuck overseas and is holding his student visa. He has not completed his education yet and find online study not as effective as physically studying in the classroom. There are many international students stranded overseas and looking forward to come back to Australia, but have got no clue as to when the borders are going to open. Can we actually say international students are just considered as a commodity in Australia? I'm no expert in mental health, but in this podcast, I'm going to share a few facts and figures and the things I did to overcome my stress and anxiety. Hi everyone, welcome to Student's Guide. Hope you all are mentally and physically healthy and hope you all have a complete inner peace. Migrating overseas for whatever reasons can be as daunting as it is exciting, especially for international students who have a lot to take in their plate. Statistics has it that one in five Australians aged 16 to 85 experienced mental disorder in 2006 according to the national survey done in 2007. I tried to find the health report specifically for international students but I couldn't find an accurate one. It is inevitable to say that the responsibility from paying your university fees to working on the time management to finish off your assignment, from trying to be the best employee in the organization to taking care of all of your expenses like phone, electricity, water, rent, transport and etc. From cleaning to cooking, from working in your relationship to meeting your, trying to meet your family's expectations it does get exhausting adds up social media which sort of has become show off media which brings comparison well your brain promotes comparison and then the lockdown every one of us are going through the hardship because of the lockdown if you are let's say you know your your case might be different Let's say if you were a workaholic and don't know what to do sitting at home the whole day, every day, until whenever you have to, or you might be a claustrophobic, or you know, you might be someone who is trying to get a job, proper job since last year, but everything is in halt. And whatever your case might be, we are all in this together. Now, how do you deal with it? If you are someone who have battled with stress and anxiety or battling with it, then hey, it's okay. This phase of life only makes you stronger. 
Well, that's what I tell myself at least. Like I earlier said, I'm not an expert, but you know, it is when I know when you hear someone talking about mental health, it sounds okay. I feel okay. And I feel good at that very moment, but anxiety does not end there, does it? I would say to feel whatever you're feeling, it's fine. However, don't make that feeling overrun control of your life. Like we don't overthink when we are happy and excited and it comes natural, it is natural. It is also natural to to feel sad and anxious. Well, I battle with my anxiety time to time. I'll give you an example. For the longest time, I tried to wake up and go for a walk, but every morning my body would give up. I shared this with few of my friends and one of my friends um, even told me to put my nice shoes and running shoes right next to me so that when I wake up in the morning, I'll be motivated. But that also didn't work. There are a lot of people talking about manifestation these days. Um, I am a firm believer of you can achieve whatever you have dreamt of. And those days I would question myself why wasn't I wasn't like this? I was proactive. What's wrong with me? And I think it's 